Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. Welcome back, folks. Uh, episode number 38 of Behind the Badge, uh, sharing who we are as a Monroe County Sheriff's Office here in Rochester, New York, on a beautiful uh, Friday, sunny day, almost 40 degrees today in, in February. That's that's balmy for us. So if you're listening from outside of New York, like, why are we so happy and chipper? Uh, beautiful day for us here. Uh, and we're here to talk about the and celebrate Black History Month that we've been doing uh all month here at the sheriff's office, and I brought some special guests to help share uh, their perspective on Black History Month and and uh, what we're trying to do here in the sheriff's office to celebrate it, but also the history historical part of that, and in particular the times that we're living in, law enforcement, and uh, sometimes those lead to difficult, brutal conversations, and I, I don't mind those conversations one bit. And uh, so I'll introduce my guests real quick, uh, Commander Sam Bell. How are you doing, Commander? Hi, good morning. Doing good. Good. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What makes you tick? Where, where are you from? Sure. Uh, my name is uh, Sam Bell, and uh, I've been in law enforcement for the last uh, 20 years. Uh, I grew up in uh, Niagara County in the village of Middleport. Uh, <clears throat> I went to uh, Buffalo State College, and in 2000, I got my start in law enforcement, uh, working for the village of Middleport Police Department. Uh, I worked there part-time and then went back to Buff State to finish my degree. And around 2002, I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, land a job with the City of Rochester Police Department. And uh, <clears throat> that was just an eye-opening and awesome experience, right. you know, coming from a small little single uh, blinking light town to go into the city and uh, just get exposed to, you know, that kind of police work and, right. uh, you know, the people there and uh it was it was it was a great time and uh, i learned a lot and uh i ultimately lateraled over to the sheriff's office in uh, 2006 um <clears throat> and from there uh, i worked my way up to the ranks to where i am now uh you know i made the move in 06 uh to be closer to family and where i where i lived right. and uh, you know work in the environment of you know where i lived and where my kids went to school and uh, I was able to do uh, multiple assignments here in the sheriff's office to include, you know, the working the road, uh, doing dare, teaching dare in the school, and right. interacting with the, the little ones. Right. Um, I moved on to uh, become an investigator for a number of years, and then ultimately uh, changed my career path to uh, the rank and file, and became a sergeant, and moved up the ladder, and uh, you know, ran a zone, became a patrol commander. And, right. uh, as a lieutenant and a zone commander as a captain working on the east side of the county and the, the west side and then you know i was gracious enough to be uh appointed to the position of commander which i hold now and uh i've been doing that since january of this year and uh it is a very uh, busy <laughs> busy position a lot of, a lot of things on my plate you know and uh but you know I accept the challenge. Yeah, you, uh, you know, I'm engaged. There's a, just a lot of stuff to a lot uh, of moving parts. A lot of moving parts to keep track of, and yeah, that commander position. That's the if, if 
if you're familiar with the sheriff's office, that's the cog of the wheel, right? There, there's five bureaus circling around that thing at hyper speed all day long, yeah. and it never ends, yeah. and it all starts the hub. Uh, is, is is where where you know the logistics are, where the uniforms are, where the oh, yeah. you know all the materials and reports and forms that we need all come through your office, yeah, yeah. and then every crazy idea I come up with comes through <laughs> your <laughs> office, right? Yeah. <laughs> so great to have you in that position, Lieutenant Providence Crowder. Hello, Sheriff. How are you, LT? <laughs> okay, so yes, I um I've been with the Sheriff's Office for about 21 years now, and. I have two beautiful children. Yeah. I was born and raised in the city of Rochester. Um, Where'd you grow up? I grew up on the east side and the west side. We all were right. we all, we're <laughs> all over. All over. Clinton Avenue, Flint Street, you oh, know, um, you. all over the place. Yeah. So, but I went to urban suburban school district, so I did have uh, stability with school. But we did live a lot of places in the city. Wow. So both east side and west side, I can represent both I equally. <laughs> I always represent the west, so I, 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 yeah, I'm going to start all day long if I can. But you, okay. you got both. I'm, both I, got, sides, I can't both do anything. Sides. Yes, and so I can say the city is, um, you know, both sides I can I can represent fairly. So um, I graduated from, I got my undergraduate from Northeastern, from um, Roberts Wesleyan College, and I got a graduate degree from Northeastern Seminary. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I did that while working at the sheriff's office. Yes, ma'am. So, you know, hey, full-time mother, full-time worker, Amen. full-time student, you can do it. <laughs> no lack of ambition. No, no, lack. no. So um, that's my story. So like uh, Commander Bell, I started out, you know, working as a deputy. I didn't even think about law enforcement as a career when I was younger, so I kind of stumbled upon it through word of mouth. Right. Somebody was talking about, you know, an opportunity with the sheriff's office. And I didn't, I didn't know anybody in law enforcement, had no ambitions to be in law enforcement or corrections. And I just took the opportunity because it was there and um, ended up going through the process and ended up in the jail. And I stayed and worked as a deputy. And then the opportunity came to be a corporal. I had some people who encouraged me to take promotional exams. I had no interest in promotional exams. <laughs> and I had some people, um, as a, he was at the time, it was Sergeant... Um, I know he was corporal at the time. Or was he a sergeant? Sergeant Mike Brown. Okay. He was really one who pushed me into Good. going ahead and getting that promotional, you know, loop there. And so I took that opportunity and then, again, took another promotional exam, became a sergeant, and now at my current position as a lieutenant. I'm so. glad uh, Mr. Brown pushed you. He did yeah. push, yes. Sometimes and, uh, we need people in our corner to push us. And when I first came here, you were one of my first uh, public information officers. And, yes. uh We spent a lot of time together up here on the sixth floor and getting to know each other better. We knew each other prior, but uh, yes. it was great working with you there. We had a lot of laughs, I think, right? We did. Yeah. We did. <laughs> yeah. That was a, a fast-paced. Oh, my God. Drinking water through a fire hose in the yes. first couple of months. It was incredible. And my friend, Dr. Torrance Jones, how are you, Doc? Doing well. Good yeah. morning. Good morning. Good. Tell us a little bit about yourself and that football career you had. Yeah, I, I know, right? Yeah. Well, well. first off, I was, I was thinking I, I don't I don't have nowhere near the experience as lieutenant and commander. Yeah. I, I was like, wow, okay, that's nice, you know? Yeah, they got a resume. Right, right. right. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, but, uh, but yeah, I played football at Alfred University. That's where I got my undergrad in business. Um, great time there. We won two conference championships. Um, I, I just I love my time playing football. Yeah. Um, ended up going to Northeastern Seminary as well. That's where I got my um, my master's degree in, in theological studies. Um, and actually, when I was at Northeastern Seminary, um, I had an internship with one of the chaplains at the time who was working at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. Um, and then, because I, I did it, I was supposed to fulfill a credit requirement mm -hmm. to uh, to graduate and. 
you know, the professor at the time, he said, well, you know, where do you want to go? I said, I don't know. He said, well, let me um, let me call the chaplain here at the jail. I said, wait, wait, I don't I don't think I want to go to the jail. <laughs> you know, I didn't know anything about jail culture. Then really? I ended up, yeah. I, I that was your it. first. Wow. My first time I, I did a couple rounds within the jail and and, you know, it was just um, I loved it from day right. one. I mean, I, I didn't know anything about the inside of the jail, but just walking around with, with the chaplain at the time, I was like, wow, this is this is nice. Um, and then lo and behold, you know, I ended up um, becoming a chaplain um, at, within the jail here. Um, and I've been doing that for a, a couple years. Um, and then even now, recently, um, teaching part-time at, at St. John Fisher College, which is a, a huge blessing. Um, and while my time when I was uh, working here at the jail, I also finished my um, doctorate degree at St. John Fisher right. College. So that's just, a, you know, a, a very brief high-level overview. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely get deeper into it. And, you know, uh, we were talking off the air. Our second podcast we did, this is number yeah. 38, and it, I don't even think that's one of the numbers because we did such a special podcast. It was after the, uh, the horrific death of Mr. Uh, Floyd in Minneapolis. And, uh and we all sat there and, and stared at each other, right, in, in shock and awe. Uh, and we did, you know, we're, we're podcast rookies, but we called community members, including a, a young man from the Champion Academy, right? right? And let's, right. let's at least get on this podcast thing we just developed and have a conversation with the community to say, we're all in shock and awe and we all got work to do, but let's do it together. You know, and it was, it was, it was kind of special as we look back now uh, that we had that, you know, I guess braveness to get, get into a room and, and talking these mics and, and broadcast it to the whole world and who knows what we're going to say that we might offend someone or, you know, no, it was it was chaos at that moment, right? And mm-hmm. I, I still look at that conversation we had. That's one of the most precious healing things that I had uh, that we can get in a room and have honest conversations on, and bold enough in front of a microphone. That's how honest we were being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, um, and that was one of the first one of the first podcasts that we had. And right. Uh, it, you're right, it was a healing conversation and it was a conversation that was was necessary, especially back in the summer, um, a bridge building conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's, that's in essence what we need today in society. We, we need more, more people who are able to build bridges now. So no, yeah. Well, let's look, let's just look back at that time, right? I, I remember it was it what was it after the incident with Mr. Floyd, the, the, the murder? Uh, yeah. Or was it before that? You did that. You did a, a Facebook Live on what is racism. And, and I remember looking at it like, I do not want to hit this button. I do not want to hit this button. I do not want to. But, man, you sold it to a whole different level. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I got to have a conversation with this guy. Obviously, we knew each other. But I was like, yeah. and knowing you and trusting you, I was still so fearful of hitting that because of the time we were living in. And I'm a white yeah. police officer. And I'm like, God, this is going to stink. And I hit it. And I'm like, man, you nailed it out of the ballpark. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I, I made the video. And uh, I kid you not, it took me a long time yeah. to, to submit, to just press it and put it out. <laughs> you too, huh? Yeah, it took me a long time. I was like, me a while to listen climate, to it. I, I, right. You know, so, it, and you yeah, know, it no, it's almost like no matter what you say now, um, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. somebody's not going to be happy, right? <laughs> That's why Mateo's over there with the mute button. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but, you know, I, and I, it was just at, at a place, or I was at a place where yeah. it's like, you know, we need to... To build a bridge here, we need to come together, um, and, you know, and just sort of highlighting racism. What is it in a way that's really, um, in a sense, I guess, a new type of uh, way of understanding it? Right. You know, that's digestible. Um, so, no, absolutely. And, and definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely yeah. appreciate even just the invitation to even speaking about yeah, it. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. powerful, and it was so timely. And, I, you know, I know you're a man of faith. Uh, you know, that had to be inspirational to do that. 
uh, and share that at that time. That's that's, that's you got to have faith. <laughs> you got to have faith. It's <laughs> right? a good lot. Yeah. Amen. Uh, so, Commander Bell, going back to you, and uh, you know, coming from a small town, uh, yeah, you know, Middleport, right, uh, and ending up uh, as an African American, if you will, policing the city of Rochester, right, and, and so. Uh, I'm just curious that that culture change or that that uh, you know what do you experience back home you know in a small I'm sure, I'm sure predominant white community a, a rural community in sure. Niagara County and then all of a sudden you're on the streets of Rochester as a law enforcement officer and you know I, I, I can't imagine so I'm asking you what what's that experience like uh, you know it was uh, definitely eye-opening yeah. you know um, when I worked in Middleport um, you know it was just quality of life you know just low level you know Couple domestics here, right. you know, complaints about kids skateboarding right. and you know curfew I would love stuff. Those calls. You know, and then <laughs> yeah. it was, you know, I, I refer to just stepping into the big leagues, you know, right. and dealing with real world problems and crimes, and uh, it was just like, you know, and especially not, you know, growing up there and just not being real familiar with it, you know, maybe hearing stories in the news, right. you know, and uh, from Buffalo, you know, because we got the Buffalo news out there. Right. But the, you know the the be on the street, you know, and 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 interact and and deal with those crimes and uh, you yeah. know the community. It was just like just an educational experience, you yeah. know, and uh, just to you know divulge right into that. And maybe I'm a little partial because I grew up in the city, right? Went to a city high school and a, gra- a grammar school. So did my wife and. I have such a love and affinity for that city, right? I, 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 I absolutely adore the city. I was on a phone call last night, a Zoom meeting with uh, the, my old neighborhood, the Lyle Oldest Neighborhood Association. As sheriff, it's not really our responsibility, right? But uh, you know, they're desperate, right? They're, they're looking for help. They're looking for you know anything they can do to make their life a little better, right? And, yeah. and there's wonderful people that are living in these communities. Um, and it, it just motivates the heck right out of me. Like, sure. you know, it just... Talk about hardy folks, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they're getting it done every day. And, yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, it, it's a beautiful place. It really is. You know, one of the fond memory that I have is uh, fresh out of the academy, uh, we were assigned to foot patrols. Um, and Greg Wildman, who's yeah, a sergeant yeah. here in, in our organization, was in the city at the time, and we were assigned to Thurston Thurston Road. Right. And, uh, you know, our job, we, we walked and got to interact with the it's people. Awesome, and we it? were in the barbershops. Yeah. We were in the corner stores. We were eating. You know, we are yeah. on that post all day, so we are eating in the local restaurants. And... People who just want to talk to you, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. they, they saw you as an individual. You know, I mean, you had people that, you know, knew you were police and they would, you know, kind of go their way. But majority of majority, the people, they yeah. would welcome you in and they just want to grab your ear and and not talk about crime stuff. Just yeah. just talk to you and get to know who you are. And that's the most, I mean, that's what I get motivated by. I was out walking Genesee Street the other day all by myself in, in the old uh, Bullshead neighborhood. And no one could tell I was a sheriff, right? I'm just walking, uh, going by Eden Baptist Church and... And uh, people are honking the horn and yelling at you. Hey, thanks for walking out here. You know, and it's just yeah. simple things like that you can do as a law enforcement officer, just make people feel comfortable. And, sure. and it's precious. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Providence, uh, doctor. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you're going to be a doctor pretty soon? No. Send you back to school? <laughs> Lieutenant? Yeah, I hear that. I know. Yeah, there, there you go. go. St. Cool. John, John Fisher has a program. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> you got nothing else going yeah. on, right? Yeah. I, I sent her the link a couple times. <laughs> I you did. And you know what? And I pushed delete a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> You're done with that education. Oh, that cool right now. I don't know what the future holds, yeah. but right now. I'm done writing papers. Ooh, done yes. writing papers. I'm not ready to defend anything, let alone a dissertation. No. This brain is fried. Yeah. <laughs> but with that being said, that's where, that was exactly where I was going. You know, so, uh, it, you know, 
celebrating Black History Month and, and the history around this justice table and the sheriff's office, uh, you folks are, are leaders. You guys are, are leaders in the and what we're trying to do is as far as diversification and give people a chance like I think you said Corporal Sergeant Brown you know yes. pushed you as a young African American female in that jail as a deputy saying take yes. the test yes. take the test you are a leader we see it right someone had to, and now look at you you know everybody like I want to be like her right <laughs> that's powerful so yes. talk to me about the uh, you know we did a survey not too long ago part of our strategic plan here we surveyed our culture mm-hmm. and uh, and when you survey people we got almost 700 surveys back. That's a phenomenal wow. number, right? Yeah, uh, out of an organization, we got 700. And, and that shows they had trust in our survey program that we weren't going to burn them. But mm-hmm. information sometimes could be helpful, it could be hurtful. Yes. And the, the information I got out of one of the most powerful things was the African-American females in the sheriff's office still feel disenfranchised. And I look at Providence, I'm like, yeah. Lieutenant, she's one of our stars, right? But yeah. so what? Right? So, yeah. you know, think about that, that, you know, and we we obviously got to fix that and work around that and and, and be strategic of how we're going to go at that and make sure all our deputies feel mm-hmm. that they're just as important as every other deputy to the left and right. Because at the end of the day, I, I sum it up as you guys would give up your life for your job. You yes. give up your life for a total stranger. You better be respected if that's yeah. part of your job description by everybody. True. You know how's that feel? I mean, so you came up through that that difficult environment. It's a male dominated, definitely a white dominated environment. Uh, in particular, working inside the jail as, as an African American female. You know, I asked Commander Bell, what did it feel like going from a small town to, what did it feel like you, you grew up in the city of Rochester, but then walking mm-hmm. into jail as an African-American female, still years later, we're still seeing disenfranchised ladies working for us. So you, I, I guess, speaking for myself, and I can sort of speak for others as well, is when you don't see a large representation, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we're still going through a lot of firsts, right. you know, in, yeah. in many ways. Yeah. So when you don't see a large representation, sometimes you don't feel like that's for you, or you see things that maybe in the past have looked like it favored certain other groups and you feel like you may not have the opportunity. So right. in, instead of get your feelings hurt, you know, you don't even pursue the opportunity. Sure. So um, even the inmates say sometimes it's nice to see people of color in positions as deputies, right. corporals or supervisors, anything. They just like, they think it's nice. They're like, wow, you know, and it makes you feel like I can do that too. Yeah. So when, when um, Corporal Brown encouraged me to do it, I hadn't thought about doing it, but I'm like, hey, he did it and he's saying it's okay. And, you know, maybe I can do that too. I don't know if it's going to, you know, give me a fair shake or not from what I believe I've known or what I've seen, but I tried it anyway. So I try to encourage people in the same light to do the same thing, you know, just walking around, just encouraging one another. And, and when I see someone who feels like, you know, you know that's not for me i'm saying hey look it it is for you it needs to be for you it's for all of us you know this is an opportunity that the sheriff's office is offering and i'm hoping that you take it because the more people that look like you in this position the more people will want to take it (laughs) who look like you you know so um it is a tough environment to come up in sometimes and i think people don't really realize that they don't realize how it feels on on the other side you know being the person who you know no one wants to be you know, and I'm not the first, of course. When I came through, I think there was a, a Lieutenant Craven oh, yeah. who had been yeah. here. Tough and lady. I had I had heard about <laughs> Lieutenant Craven. Yeah. And so, and that made me feel like, oh, you know, even as a, a young black deputy, it's like, oh, there was a black lieutenant, female lieutenant. It was like, wow. You know, I hadn't, because you, do, you don't see it. So right. you think, oh, whoa, that's interesting. And so, and then there was um, a captain foreman. So you see these things and, and it kind of encourages you or motivates you. Not saying that you only have to see people who represent your race, but it is encouraging it to see helps. that. Yeah, it helps absolutely. a lot. And you nailed a couple of things. You know, we, we talk about diversity and, uh, you know, 
you know, we should represent the community and all that. Those are easy, uh, like easy things to talk about, right? Because they're measurable, they're objective, right? Mm -hmm. But the why is diversity so important? You just, you just nailed a couple of things. I don't even know mm -hmm. if you're, you, you know you're saying them, but, you know, obviously, if there's a female African-American lieutenant that tells other ladies coming to the organization, it's mm -hmm. possible, right? We got that. But, yeah. you know, when the inmates are yeah. looking at you and going, you know, there, there's hope in this world, right? They, they, yeah. This lady made it to this level of this organization, which is dominated by white males, mm -hmm. and, and she could do it. I, I, I can only imagine that encourages uh, the inmates once in a while, and I think you said that. And then, yeah. of course, uh, you know, we're trying to diversify and recruit into the organization, and, and, and we know that, you know, people will join organizations that look a lot like them or be more apt to join, right? Mm -hmm. If they don't see anybody that looks like them, they might not be encouraged to join. So there's so many reasons why they're diversity. And then one last, I'm on an editorial now, the time that we just went through, the last, as Dr. Jones and I were talking, right, the time we went through from May on, uh, having Commander, the former Commander before Commander Bell, uh, Commander Jansen McNair in that seat and being able to call him on the way to work and go, what the hell, right? <laughs> what, but I'm, I'm talking to an African-American male cop that is going to be brutally honest with me and tell me what the hell, right? And those that's diversity right there. Yeah. That we can look at each other, you know, and, and have conversations. And go, what's going on? What are you? What are you feeling? What are you seeing? What should we be doing? Right. Uh, those are all. The, I mean, so you always go back to numbers. We should represent the community. Of course, we should, right? And we should have this many of that, right? But there's so many. When you talk diversity, I, I could teach a class just on what yeah. it does for you as a white cop, right? Yeah. I mean, why even, you want to have diversity? As even a diversity of thought, you know, just having yeah. that different backgrounds, you know, it brings different perspectives. Not just you know, people think of diversity along along the terms of color along right. a lot of the times, but oh, just thought, diversity absolutely. of thought <laughs> is so important. And even with people having different cultural backgrounds, right. bringing just a perspective, like some people have a perspective I would have never thought of. It's yeah. like, oh man, I never thought about that because I'm just not seeing things through their lens, and Amen. they're bringing things to the table that I can't bring. So yeah, and, and if you want to make decisions, you got to make decisions based on information, and the more information you have more good information the better decision you make it's like math there right mm -hmm. uh and commander bell and i were in a meeting yesterday and uh, you're kind of new at the command level right but i think you're seeing there's there's definitely room for dissenting opinions definitely <laughs> rooms for you know things that frank conversations behind sure. closed doors uh and, and that's the way it should be as an organization and when you have diversity part of that too yes thought included mm -hmm. very important so dr yeah, jones says, you're, i'm sorry go ahead oh no no, no, no. I, I was just going to add to that you know it's, it's very interesting um, representation is important also for, you know, the younger generation. Mm -hmm. You know, I was I had a conversation a long time ago um, with a, a professor um, that was my mentor in college. And he had mentioned that when he had a daughter, and this was a white professor, he mentioned when he had a daughter, he changed his primary care physician to a woman. And, um, and I asked him, you know, why did he do that? And he said that because he wants his daughter to grow up being able to know that she can become a medical doctor right. if she wanted to. Right. And that and I was just like, wow, yeah, yeah. you know, just That's representation, awesome. visualizing that from a young age, right. um, being able to see herself within something like that, mm -hmm. um, it was very important to him. Um, and, and that's in, in everything, you know, even with uh, Lieutenant just mentioned, you know, even diversity of thought, um, diversity all the way around when it comes to gender diversity, right. um, you know, even when it comes to um, you know, maybe socioeconomic diversity, sure, that, yeah. that's important as well. And um, on top of eth ethnic diversity. So yeah, representation, it's very important all the way around. You know, you, you almost wish every police officer was poor at one time, <laughs> you know, poor at one time in their life. Yeah. You know, so when you're, you're policing a community that might not, you know, have, and every community has economic challenges, you know, mm -hmm. you know, 
I, I actually born in Allegheny County, uh, poorest county in New York State, right? <laughs> so when I go back home there and visit people, uh, you know, it's poverty, right? So you have more empathy and compassion. We did the poverty similar what, about two years ago here in the sheriff's office, and we, we brought yeah, an organization in and forced us to live through the experience of someone in poverty, forced us to do a role play. Yeah, I don't think anybody left there without a changed mindset. Like, all right, I can write this lady three traffic tickets tonight. I could write her three traffic tickets, or I can write her one, or I can give her a verbal warning mm -hmm. because I, I have empathy and compassion on what these three traffic tickets might do to her life for the next two years yeah. financially, right? Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, I, I almost wish every cop could grow up in, in poverty. It would be, you know, <laughs> just like, right. we'd all have a little have more. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. that different experience. Different perspective. But, um, and we're working hard to break down the civil service system right now and in, in, in beyond policing, right? Uh, but we got to think about, you know, people growing up in poverty, people growing up in, in structural racism, people growing up in ACEs scores off the charts, right? These civil service jobs are, when I came out in 1986, you know, people look at me, you're going in a civil service job? Don't you want to do you know, something better or something bigger? Mm -hmm. People are dying for these jobs now, right? Civil right. service jobs are unionized, right? right? Mm -hmm. Health care, health insurance for the rest of your life, a retirement at 20 years right. or 25 years for your poor joke folks in the jail. <laughs> we're trying to fix that, right? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Talk to some of our counterparts in our neighborhoods to the left yeah. and right. And like, you get a retirement? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to put 10 bucks in my 401. You know, hopefully have a nest egg someday in the future. So, you know, it, it, these you're talking about trying to break poverty in 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 in, in, in breaking down structural race. The whole civil service system really needs to be shaken up. I mean, these great jobs of DPW truck drivers, firefighters, right. let alone diversifying law enforcement. Uh, I'm very excited about that, and I know uh, some of you guys around the table have been helping me with that, and and we're going to drive that right through Albany. I, I'm so excited about that. So, Doc, we got to do just a little. You know, we've been we've been bantering and talking, and I, and, and I love it, but. You know, let's put on your doctor hat and let's talk. <laughs> Black History Month. <laughs> Where to start? What are you, you know, the whole episode was designed around yeah. that title. We haven't yeah. talked about what was it. Black right? History Month. What, you know, where, where does it come from, yeah, or what's it mean to you in particular? Yeah. And so, uh, there, there's a lot of different ways that, or I guess, directions you could take it. I mean, in essence, it's really. Um, we obviously know it's an annual celebration mm -hmm. to sort of highlight the, the contributions as well as achievements of. Uh, African Americans and, and um, black peoples or black culture, that, that's one. Um, it actually began in the early 1900s, 1925. Really? Car yeah, mm -hmm. Carter G. Woodson. Um, and it began actually as um, quote unquote Negro History Week. Um, and that, that's how it began. It began as one singular week. And it was uh, him as well as another minister, they founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. And, you know, what happened was, all throughout the country, uh, and they would do research right. to try and sort of, um, you know, bring up, you know, contributions from African Americans and, and black peoples, and a lot of different colleges, a lot of different schools, businesses, they sort of um, liked the idea as, as, you know, decades went on, right. um, and said, oh yeah, wow. So it really evolved to an entire month wow. from one week. Um, and by really the mid-70s, you sort of see, you know, from that point, the presidents within the United States acknowledge it as an official month, Black right. History Month. Um, so, yeah, it really just started in the early 1900s and until now today. That's phenomenal. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize it was that old. really had no yeah. idea. Yeah. That's why yeah. we have yeah. these conversations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And LT, what's it, what's it mean to you? When you when, so February's coming around every year. It, it's now our norm, right? We look forward to celebrating Black History Month, and, mm -hmm. and, and we all do our things, right? Whatever organizations do things, and, and people do things. And, uh, but you know, what, what's that mean to you as a, as, as, a, as a person when you, 
January's rolling to an end. Here mm-hmm. comes Black History Month, and I mean. So to me, I mean, of course you can acknowledge it any time, but it's right. a time set aside to actually acknowledge, remember, and reflect on the achievements of yeah. that African Americans have made to this nation, and also just remember the sacrifices that were made, um, the struggles, you know, for freedom right. that were fought, the blood, the sweat, the tears. Yeah, God bless. You know, you got to remember that, and you know, and in many ways, some of these fights are still being fought. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, it, this is just a time of acknowledging that and remembering that, and. Also remembering people in our own lives, you know, who paid, you know, we're all making history, you know, yeah. every day. Yeah. So, you know, one day somebody may write a story about Commander Bell or, oh, or his achievements. Right <laughs> <laughs> but you, you think know? about one generation ago, right? Yeah. I mean, you talk about it. it, it go, we got a lot of work to do. We admitted that, you know, we, we've not stopped talking about that, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not even trying to, but, you know, just one generation ago, man, mm-hmm. we, we, you know, the people that had a you know had a sacrifice so much to even get to where we are today, and we're not there yet, right? We, we agree, but man, I, I couldn't imagine living in that era. I know. Sometimes yeah. people say, "Oh, you know, remember the good old days back in the 1940s." <laughs> right. You know, you say, "Okay, you know, depending on who you're talking to, the sure. 1940s were good period, mm-hmm. or maybe the 1940s were not so good." Right. So. I mean, when we talk about history, sometimes when we say things like that, you know, you got to remember there there were a struggle going on in right. some time periods Absolutely. that for, you know, some people, the 1940s may have not been an idea, period, you know, or for some people. So right. that's another time we remember that. And the more we talk about these types of things, the more people can say, oh, yeah, that, you know, maybe that wasn't the greatest period of time for a certain group of people, right. you know. And acknowledge it, like you and said. Acknowledge, acknowledge it, it, right? Acknowledge mm-hmm. it and, um, and then build upon that, you know, and I think of, uh, you know, just uh, Frederick Douglass, right? I mean, so I know so little about how profound he was in our history, right? Mm-hmm. And I like to study Lincoln, and I like to study Grant and, and that era, and, I, and, and Johnson, which I really wish <laughs> he was never our president after you know, the assassination, because I think we would have been in a much better spot just on my study of history. But mm-hmm. that's so important that we go back and grab that history so we can try and understand and learn and learn. And we're never done learning. I learn right. something new every day, yeah. right? right? And uh, It's interesting you mentioned those two people because yeah. – um, when it when it was you know when the history was celebrated for a week long, it was the second week of February, and the reason why it was placed in February was because it was in between Abraham Lincoln's birthday and Frederick Douglass' birthday. Wow! Yeah, so that's yeah. it started See, off. That's, as I just got right chills. Yeah, I love yeah, the history. Right. <laughs> Learn something new every day. How cool is that? There yeah. you go. Yeah. So no, and then it just you know evolved to a month. Yeah. Um, but it, you know it's so interesting because you have. Um, you, you have a, a lot of questions out there as to, well, you know, why why is there a Black History Month in in, uh, in X Y Z? Right. Uh, you know, just a lot, and, and and you know, you can hear different sides of it, and, and you know, appreciate the opinions of both sides. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's almost like, well, yeah, maybe in about fifty years, like if you just could snap your finger, or if you could snap it now, um, hopefully. When it comes to the research of, uh, or when it comes to the the education around the contributions of African Americans, you know, sort of like what Providence was was or Lieutenant Lieutenant Crowder was hitting on earlier. You know, you can celebrate this all year round. So yeah. it's one of those things where if it's if it's properly you know integrated with an education. You really won't need an actual month if if it's sort of becomes our norm. Becomes a norm, right? right exactly, right. right. So we celebrate great Americans, <laughs> right? right? We right, celebrate right. great Americans if it's, if it's a part of um, you know American history and a norm. So, right. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, believe it or not, guys, we, we've, we've actually gone over, and I haven't got half my questions done. I know you guys brought notes. I, I so appreciate the conversation. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Uh, it's wonderful having a, an organization that, that has you close to the top of it so you can influence the sheriff because he's not the smartest guy in this room. I can guarantee that. And uh, But we try and do the best we can. We also finished this program up with the No Miranda Zone. I don't think we had this, Doc, when you're on LT. I think you experienced this once. No Miranda. We're well, familiar with Miranda, right? So they're, uh, Commander, you work the road patrol. You have a right to remain silent. Mm -hmm. This is No Miranda. You don't have a right to remain silent. So we'll start out real easy, just a little bantering. I'm going to ask you questions. you got a first thing pops in your mind. Simple one. You go to... Grocery store, you're asking for plastic or paper nowadays. What what kind of bag do you want to leave with? Uh, usually, it's most of the time it's just. Pl uh, I'm sorry, uh, paper bag. Paper bag, huh? Paper bag. Yeah, you're old. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> go yeah. yeah. My wife, she like to use the. Uh, she brings a, a reusable bag. Yeah. But either I go paper bag or I just carry it in my hands. Carry in my hands. Yeah. I found myself doing it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm walking out with because I'm too cheap to give a nickel for a bag or whatever it costs. <laughs> LT paper or uh, paper or plastic. I go with the paper, you know, because yeah. like you said, it's a nickel, and I always forget my bags. Yeah, I know. My I always forget the bags. That's awesome. Doc, <laughs> see, I said it would be easy. This ain't the <laughs> <laughs> So um, with paper bags, they, they rip so fast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like the plastic bags uh, or the ones that you can just uh, – um, you know, reuse, right? You know, <laughs> so being a football player, every time we, when we started coming back to paper, now it's a new thing again, right? It went away, then it came back. I always think of the New Orleans Aints. Is that what they call them? Remember when they were they were like the worst team of football? They put paper bags over their heads and cut out the eyeballs of them, yeah. and they were New York Aints or something instead of the Saints because no one wanted to be affiliated with the team or something. Yeah. It's my memory of paper bags and going to the Star Market on Lyle Avenue for my neighbor walking home with paper bags to give her groceries. Star Market, remember that? Mm -hmm. yep. I'm telling my age. I remember Star Market. <laughs> uh, let's do another simple, simple one. Favorite candy bar, Doc? Snickers. Yeah, I'm oh, good. Yeah. I'm good. Go I'm ahead. Enjoy. Very nice. I'm enjoy. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Yeah, exactly. What do you say, Commander? Uh, peanut butter cups is my favorite. Oh, man, we knocked that out of the ballpark here. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> and uh, favorite TV show, Doc? Um, wow. Um, Favorite, oh, what makes you laugh? What do you got to oh, watch? Boy. Uh, huh. You know, I, when I was younger, I used to watch The Simpsons a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, it's a cartoon, but uh, I used to watch The Simpsons. How <laughs> come I'm not seeing that? Right yeah, I know, right? It's, it's, you know, well. Back then, you didn't really have, um, you know, this 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 yeah, social this, media with the cell phone. Right. She used to come home from school. It was like, let me turn on Simpsons. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> LT, please I say Simpsons. I, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I love this show called Monk. I'm weird. Oh, the old show there with yeah, the comedy? Monk. Yeah, it's, No, it's not a comedy. It's a detective show. Monk. Oh, was that it? Yeah, the little quirky guy. He's a Obviously, he solves cases, yeah. and he's weird. He's a police detective, yeah. That's awesome. All right, you're up I, last, I'm on, man. I'm on an office kick right now. You binge office. watching The Office? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, there's some characters just, on I there. I keep watching it over and over. My wife's like, why do you keep watching that? Yeah. You've seen them all. It's just the interaction between those. It's hilarious. That, that cast is incredible. Yeah. You see certain groups that get together, you know, friends. Yeah. You know, they were four people who could just gel together and make anything funny. Uh, no one said Gilligan's Island. I was looking for Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching this show called Impractical Jokers, too. Oh, yeah. I, I, I binge watched yeah. that show. Yeah. And you wonder if that's real. I mean, are people really that naive they're going to let these guys do that to them, Listen, right? It's so yeah. funny. I don't even care if it's real. I watch. I'll finish <laughs> up with I, I go, go home and YouTube uh, the best of Wayne Brady uh, oh. on Who's Lying. 
he did. I mean, it's 15 straight episodes of him doing things and talking about brilliance. That guy is so brilliant. It's amazing. But So with that, folks, I don't even know what the heck we're talking about now right now. So <laughs> we're going to end this bantering. It's been great to have you for episode 38, guys. Thanks for joining us. And until uh, next week, be safe. Thanks, sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.